0: Pastor Joey is in Jerusalem, and uh, uh, he texted me this morning. God's already given him series and uh, w- wonderful things to come back to and minister to us, so I'm excited about that. I want to encourage you to just continue to keep him in prayer that God will continue to refresh him and renew him while he's there in Israel. And that God would bring him back safely to us, so that we can hear the word that God is putting in His heart for all of us. Amen. That's, by the way, is a little plug for you to come on Wednesday, because how many know what takes place Wednesday nights? The prayer meeting. It's prayer meeting. Well, I thought I'd start out today by sharing a few of my favorite things. I realize that sometimes. Uh, People see us here on the platform and um, they think that, you know, we're kind of not human or anything like that. So I thought I'd start out today by sharing with you that my favorite color is navy blue. My favorite pie is blueberry pie. My favorite thing to watch on TV Arcade K-dramas. See, some of you that have been around a while say, what? Yeah. And of course, if you've been in this church for a while, you know that my favorite pizza is the best pizza in the world, New York pizza. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? Somebody there. That's just a few of my favorite things in life, and I want to open up God's Word with you this morning and share a few of my favorite things from the Word of God. Listen to the first of my favorite things. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, it says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The people of God were at a point in time where they weren't doing so well spiritually. And yet here God in his infinite mercy and grace sends the prophet Isaiah and through the prophet Isaiah speaks this word that God is doing a new thing, and that word new there means fresh. Uh, It also means something unheard of. So God was telling his people, although you are not in a good place spiritually, uh, I'm going to do something new in your life. I'm going to do something fresh, something unheard of. In other words, something you have never uh, experienced before. And the reason why this is one of my favorite things, this new thing, is because if you journey with the Lord for any length of time, you will probably be a bear witness with this when I say that there are times where we fall into a spiritual funk. There are times where, whether we recognize it or not, we just seem to fall into this routine. It's the same thing over and over and over again. You know, you can come to church week after week and be here faithfully, and yet sing the same songs, do the same things over and over again, and they become routine. And as Pastor Jason was leading us before and sharing with us, it could be almost like we take things for granted. Like it doesn't move us anymore. We can go home and faithfully open up our Bible every day and go through the same routine of reading scriptures and yet not experience hearing God's voice talking to us. I'm talking this morning about a situation that many of us encounter where we just get spiritually stale. And this is a wonderful text that encourages us because God is promising us that he is going to do something new in our life. That he is going to do something new that's going to break through this spiritual rut or the routine that we have fallen into. That God is going to do something fresh. How many are looking for God to do something fresh in your life? I want God to do something fresh in my life. I want God to do something that I've never experienced before in my life. I've been serving the Lord now for 40 years, but I I I don't want to get to the point where I feel like, well, I've experienced it all. No, I want God to do something fresh and new in my life. I want God to do something in this church that he's never done before. Something fresh. He's going to do something unheard of. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you need to get ready for a new thing. I believe with all my heart that this is a year that we are all personally going to see God do something new, and as a result, we're going to see God do something new in this church, something fresh, something unheard of and it's all going to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Now listen, God told his people, I'm doing something new, but you don't perceive it. So that got me to thinking, well, why is it that God wants to do something new But why isn't it that we don't perceive it? We don't grasp it. We don't see it happening in our life. Well, that leads me to the next of my favorite things. And that's found in Mark's gospel, chapter 10. Listen, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had Great wealth. So God wants to do something new in your life and in my life. Something fresh, something unheard of. But now we realize that now some of the issues can be that there is this one thing that we lack. One thing that's holding us back. In this man's case, it was an unhealthy attachment to money. He was well off, and Jesus knew that he was well off. And Jesus knew this is the one thing that is holding you back. And so the Lord told him, get rid of the thing that is controlling your life, the thing that is holding you back, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then you can come follow me. But as we read... Because he was wealthy, the man was sad, and he went away. He was not willing to let go of an earthly treasure so that he could obtain a spiritual treasure, the blessing of heaven. See, to experience the new thing God wants to do in your life, oftentimes it will bring to the point that you will have that one thing that you lack. The one thing that's holding us back. It's the one thing that's maybe controlling our life. It's keeping us from experiencing God's richest blessing. It could be like in this man's case, it could be the love of money. It could be the fact that we think money is the answer to our life, that money is going to bring us happiness and joy, that money is going to help us achieve the things that we want to achieve in life, and it has this controlling influence on us. It could be a wrong relationship. How often, listen, the Bible teaches us that God has a plan for all of our lives. Let me talk to my singles here for a moment. How many singles believe God has a plan for your life? Come on, let me see your hand if you're single here this morning. No single wants to raise their hand because they know what's coming next because if if God wants to get you a a, a bride, whether it's a, a, a husband or a wife, then that means God already has that person picked out in their plan. And how many know his plan is perfect? That means, the, although the man may not have any teeth, if God brings them to you, he's perfect for you. Amen. Eh? God has a plan for our life. And that plan includes the perfect person for the journey of life. But yet sometimes, we latch on to the one that God has not selected for us. And although God wants to do something new in our life, we can't perceive it. We can't enter into it because we're not willing to let go of this one thing that is holding us back. And here's what I found interesting about this man in the Bible. He was sincere about following God. He had kept, the, the, the law as best as he could. He had told Jesus all those laws, all the commandments I had kept since I was a boy. But even though he did all that, he knew there's still something missing in my life. And then he had money, but there was still something missing in his life. And here's what I have discovered for my own life. And I know you'll say it for yours. When you hold on to that one thing that God doesn't want you to hold on to, it will never, ever satisfy your soul. It will always leave you empty and empty and empty. And the amazing thing about our sinful nature, we could know this thing is not meeting my need, but I still won't let it go and we have the promise of God, you will have treasure in heaven if you just let that thing go. But like the man, like, no. Even though I know it's wrong, even though I know it's not really working out, I'm not ready to let that thing go. For some it's, it could be something as simple as the unwillingness to forgive. You want to go on with God, but see, someone hurt you in the past. You got frustrated and angry, and now you've been holding this grudge in your heart, and you're not willing to forgive that person. Even though the Bible commands us to, give, for, to forgive, Even though the Bible teaches us that the moment we refuse to forgive others, God in heaven will now refuse to forgive us of our sins. And we know all the scriptures, but yet we will hold on to that unforgiveness as if we're going to make that person pay for what they've done. But the only one who is suffering is ourselves. God will never, ever make you give up the one thing that you lack. He will point it out to you. This is the one thing you got to get rid of. But God will not make you get rid of it. That you must do for yourself. It is a fruitless prayer to ask God to take it away. God will not, God, take, take this. If this relationship is not good for me, take it away. God said, I already told you it's not good for you. You got to end it. See, God will not do for you what you can do for yourself, what you must do for yourself. God wants to do a new thing in all of our lives. But it often will mean that there's one thing that the Lord will always be faithful. And listen, my one thing that I lack might be different from the one thing you lack. And one is not worse than the other. They're all the same because it keeps us from the precious treasure of heaven that God has purposed and planned for all of our lives. And so we shouldn't judge one another. It's like their their one thing is worse than my one thing. No, it's all the same because in the end it robs us of the treasure that God has promised for us. So we have to make a decision today for some of us, will we let go of that one thing? And that leads me to the next of my few of my favorite things. So the first one of my favorite things is a new thing. The second one is you lack one thing. And here in the scripture, we find the third thing is in Matthew's chapter 26. I'm going to read beginning in verse 10. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing. Come on, say a beautiful thing with me. A beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. So notice now, that this precious woman, in fact, I'm going to, be, I'm going to go back and read the beginning of verse 6. I think I have verse 6 up there, right, Kirby? Or Jonathan, we we'll you back there. Verse 6, uh, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. And then we find verse 10 where Jesus, aware of this, Jesus said to him, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. This woman brings in a jar of of perfume. It's estimated in other commentaries that the value of it was worth one year of wages. That's how expensive this perfume is. If my wife came home with a bottle of perfume worth a year's wages, (laughs) Jesus, help me out. (laughs) That sounds so exorbitant to us. Like we can't even probably process that. But this was a very expensive perfume. And she broke it and poured it out on Jesus. And the disciples, not the Pharisees, not the religious leaders, but the very followers of Jesus, thought it was a waste. And yet Jesus said, she's done a beautiful thing to me. See, she gave up what was costly, what was precious, to honor her Lord and Savior. The reason why this is a beautiful thing is because it demonstrated to the Lord that from her perspective, that nothing in the world was more precious or valuable to her than Jesus himself. And so she poured it out and Jesus said, that's a beautiful thing. Now, for you and I, what does that mean? Well, God wants to do something new in our life. He's already prepared it. But sometimes we lack one thing, and we got to really let go of the thing that is holding us back, that is controlling our lives so that we can be free to embrace the new thing that God wants to do. And oftentimes, it comes in the form of something beautiful, a beautiful thing. Meaning that there is an act that God uh, uh, sees us accomplish that is not mandatory. That is not obligated. She was not obligated to do what she did for Jesus. She did it out of her love for the Lord and said, I am going to do this because I love my Savior. And a beautiful thing for you and I that we do to Jesus can come in the form, first of all, of serving others. Listen, the Bible, if you go home, read, mark this down. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. In there, you'll find Jesus talking about the fact that the moment you do something for someone else, you do it for me. You do it to me. You go visit that brother that's in jail, you visited me in jail. You give that one a glass of water that needed it, you gave me a glass of water. You clothed me when I was naked, that man, that homeless man that was naked, and you gave him clothes, you gave me clothes. You see, a beautiful thing is something over and above. It's a a sacrifice that you willingly do to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to demonstrate your love for Him. It could be in the form of serving others. It could be in the form of uh, blessing the Lord, like she blessed the Lord. We uh, recently had someone who uh, God took home to be in glory, and she left as part of uh, her the. Uh, resources that she had left on this earth, she uh, donated a huge amount to the church. She's got family, but she felt in her heart she wanted to bless the work of the Lord. She didn't have to do that. She did that because she loved the Lord and she wanted the church to be blessed. She did a beautiful thing. For some of us, the new thing that God may want to do is to see us do a beautiful thing. We talked about getting connected in ministry. Well, everybody ought to serve in ministry. That's the, that God has called every single one of us to serve. In one way or another, we can all pitch in and do what God's calling us to do here and do the work of the Lord. But what about above that? Oh, oh. Well, you know, I'm, I, I'm part of the worship team, and, and, and did you see me? I was moving in there, Pastor. I do my thing. Come on. I don't need, what, what else does God want me to do? Well, maybe on your way home, God may point somebody out and ask you to bless them with a meal. Maybe God may put somebody in your heart and ask you to call them and go see how they're doing and visit because you haven't seen them in a while. See, when you do it to someone else, you do it to Jesus. You know what I'm talking about now. See, it's a beautiful thing because it's over and above what God requires of you. Nobody requires you to go visit anybody, but if you do that because it's in your heart to do, then you do it to Jesus. And may I add this, that the greater the sacrifice, the more beautiful the thing is. I'm talking today about a few of my favorite things. Where we talk about a new thing. Where we talk about we lack one thing. And we talk now about a beautiful thing. And lastly, this one is found in the Gospel of John in the first chapter. Let me get there, verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing, come on, say the first thing with me. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Notice, as Andrew spent the day with Jesus, the first thing that he did after leaving the presence of the Lord was to find his brother, Andrew, and to tell him about Jesus. And then ultimately he brought him to Jesus because he wanted his brother to experience what he had experienced. You see, the first thing deals with a priority. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. After spending time with Jesus, one of the things that should well up in our hearts is we should have it as a priority that we have to tell somebody about Jesus. In other words, if we truly encounter Jesus, if we truly are in love more and more with Jesus, then something should stir within us saying, I've got to tell somebody about Jesus and that somebody should begin with our immediate family. The first thing he did was, I got to find my brother. And he brought his brother to Jesus. Do you have family that you've never told about Jesus? I want to encourage you this morning. Spend time in the presence of the Lord. Ask God to fill you with his spirit to the measure that you so experience Jesus, that you so experience the very presence of the Lord, that you are compelled, that you make it your priority. I've got to tell my family about Jesus i got to tell my co-workers. i got to tell my best friend, whom I've never told about Jesus. And not just telling them. Notice he told them, and then he brought him to Jesus. We find in the Gospel of John, there's a woman there who's a Samaritan woman who has had one relationship after another with men, and she was on working on her sixth relationship with a man. She encounters Jesus... That moment of spending time with Jesus, he speaks into her heart and reveals her heart. And she's just so moved by that that she runs back into town. And the first thing she does is tell everybody in the town, You got to come see the man who told me everything about my life. And she brings the whole town back to Jesus. And in the end, they told her, after they spent time with Jesus, we no longer believe based on just what you said. We now believe for ourselves. Oh, that so encourages me. She was not a Bible scholar. She was a woman that had one husband, excuse me, one man after one man because she had six men. and she, I, Lord, help the sixth man that she was working on. She wasn't in a right relationship with God, but one encounter with God moved her so much that she had to tell people about it. Listen, what the new thing that I'm praying God does in all of our hearts is that we have such an encounter with God in this house, that we have such an encounter with God in our personal time with God that we are compelled. We can't help it. We've got to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. Because when we do that, then we're going back into the book of Acts and what the church was meant to be. Because you will find in the book of Acts, When they were there in the upper room praying and waiting upon God, God poured out his spirit and God did a new thing, something he had never done before in their life. And they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. They all began to speak in other languages. They all began to prophesy. And so much so that the first thing that they did was they left the sanctuary and went out into the street and began to worship God right out into the street. And the crowd gathered and said, what in the world is going on about this? And he gave Peter the opportunity to share the gospel. And thousands were saved. Listen to me, church. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Something that you have never experienced before. Something fresh. But it is not just so that you could feel good. Hear my heart this morning. Hear the heart of God this morning. The worst thing you and I could ever do as the people of God is get to the point where we love Jesus so much so that we never leave this house and tell anybody about Jesus. God wants to do something so powerful in all of our lives that we will be compelled to leave this house and there's the first thing we got to tell somebody about Jesus. And then we got to bring them back. See, so you got to experience, you got to meet the God that has been doing something in my life I never thought he would do. I'm talking this morning on some of my favorite things from God's word. Listen, our experience with God, not our talk about God is what attracts people to Jesus. You know, a lot of times we can talk about God, but when somebody sees that you have been with God, that you've experienced God, they can't fight against that. And they're drawn to that. That's why my time in prayer, I pray for our youth. I hope you pray for every Thursday night when you gather. I, I, I'm glad that they're having a good time. I want them to continue to have a good time. Tonight, for your anchor, anchor, I want you to have a party and enjoy your time. But let's not forget the most important thing that God could ever do for us as a people is to pour out his presence in our life to the measure that we are compelled to get out there and tell others because there are too many empty seats in this house. And God wants to fill every single one of them. On Thursday night, I want the youth, you guys are meeting at 6058, right? Wouldn't it be something if God did something new in our youth to the measure that they went out and told all their friends and everybody, and all of a sudden now, their capacity is coming, Pastor Joey, we can't meet over there anymore. We need the main sanctuary now because we've got too many kids coming. I want to see that. Why can't God do a new thing like that? I believe with all my heart God can do that. We just gotta make sure, God, I don't want anything to be lacking, I don't that one thing to hold me back. I want to release it all. I want to make sure that I surrender and let go of anything that is keeping me from the treasure of heaven that you've prepared for me to experience. And I'm ready to do a beautiful thing to you, Lord. Amen. By the grace of God, the Spirit of the Lord will fill me so that I can minister to people and in turn be ministering to you. And that, lastly, as a first thing, as a priority in my life, it could be telling someone else about Jesus. Worship team, if you would come back. Would you stand with me this morning? Blessed be the name of the Lord. As the worship team gets prepared, I'm just going to ask everybody to just bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Focus just on the sound of my voice. As I was thinking about that first of my favorite thing, a new thing, it, it came to my heart that some here the new thing that God wants to do is that He wants to be born in your heart. Because you might have come into this house and you maybe have been here before and you may consider yourself to be a good person, maybe even a religious person. But the truth of the matter is, like this man that was approached Jesus, you've done all the right things, but you still know that something is missing. And what you're missing is Jesus in your life. You're missing the opportunity to embrace him as your savior, to say Jesus is is not about coming to church. This is not about following rules and regulations. This is about inviting you to come in my heart so that my sins could be forgiven and I can experience that new life. God, that's the new thing I want you to do in my life. As a young man, I knew what it was to go to church. I knew what it was to follow the commandments. But I was, in my heart, I was so far from God. Didn't know who God was. I knew things about God, but I didn't know God. And one day, I was in a service like this, And the person was saying the very things that I'm saying to you now and invited anyone who wanted God to come into their heart and give them life. And although I wasn't sure about a lot of things, I knew one thing, he was talking about me. And I lifted my hand and and, and asked for prayer. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life to embrace Jesus as my Savior. And so before we pray for anything else, maybe there's someone here today you can identify with my story. You've never invited Jesus in your heart to be your Savior. You know you're missing something and you want Jesus to fill the void that's in your heart right now. I'm gonna ask you to be courageous this morning and just lift up your hand so that I can see and pray for you. And there's anyone there? Let me see your hand if that's you. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, 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 I see that hand. Anyone else? Just keep it high if that's you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to just keep it high because uh, some of my prayer partners, they're gonna go out And somebody's going to put a a hand on your shoulder. Then you could put your arm down. They're just going to help me as I pray right now for you. Father, I thank you for every single one that's raised their hand. You brought them here today, God. You love them with an everlasting love. You demonstrated that love by sending your son on the cross to die for their sins. They have lifted up their hands as a sign that they recognize that that there's an emptiness in their soul. They may have tried their best to live right, but they still realize something is missing. And today you've helped them to see that it's your son, Jesus. And so even now, Lord, I pray for them that you will honor and bless them as they lift up their heart before you and pray a a, a prayer that there's no magic in, but it's the the sincerity of the words that you respond to. And when they pray, hear from heaven and forgive their sin and come by your spirit into their hearts. Church, we're going to pray that prayer right now and help all those who have their hand raised. So let's all repeat together. Dear Jesus, I come before you today. Thank you for bringing me here, for allowing me to hear your word. I acknowledge the emptiness of my heart. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I realize today That you died for my sins. Would you forgive me of my sins today? Would you come into my heart and be my Savior? I surrender my life to you. Use it for your glory. Amen. Amen. And amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord.